Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Opposites in a Nutshell. I'm Shay. As you can see, sweater weather has finally arrived to good old Dallas, Texas. That has absolutely nothing to do with the episode, but I'm so excited about it, so I figured, why not share? Anyways, um, the reason why we're all here, I know you guys are waiting for part two of the Church Kids episode, but we're still having technical difficulties with it. As soon as we have it up and running, we'll be sure to upload it so you guys can hear the rest of that conversation because it was a really good one. Um, what else? What else? A uh, special guest. We have a super special guest this week. Um, so one of Jasmine's childhood friends, Chris, who apparently also knew my brother in high school, like they graduated together, which means I was at Chris's graduation. So it's like, you know, the whole, what is it? Six, six degrees of separation, whatever. Like we're all not that far from each other type, whatever. It doesn't matter. Go look it up. Um, yes. So Chris joined us this week which was super exciting because he is such a fun guy and he has such a cool life story and he shared a little bit of that with us. So kind of told us about his travel, how he's moved around and just had an adventure of a life and been a successful businessman. So yeah, if you want to learn a few things here and there, not only about Chris, but like things about life, he's a very wise guy. So be sure to stick around as we learn who is Chris Jones. Welcome back to Opposites in a Nutshell. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Shay. And today we have a special guest. Um, this special guest that we have on today, you're definitely going to want to follow him on all the socials. He is here to drop some gems, tell us a little bit about himself. And um, I've actually known him almost my whole life, like literally from the womb. We could tell that story. Um, we've lived in the same city, moved away, came back to the same city. And I'm just really, really happy to have one of my good friends Chris, on the podcast today. Thanks for joining us. Yes, and I also just want to mention that you should feel extra special because this is the first time we've had a man on the podcast. Oh, wait. Minus the siblings. <laughs> right. We had but our yes, siblings. But yes, outside of our siblings, you're the first male that we've had on the podcast. So welcome. Good job. Appreciate you guys for having me. Yeah, for sure. So we'll start with something really basic, really easy. Tell us, um, tell us a little bit, a bit about you know, maybe your family background. Are you one of four, one of ten? Tell us a little bit about your family background. Yeah, so I have two siblings, uh, two sisters younger. I'm the oldest. Um, are you guys oldest? Yes. Oldest. I'm in the middle. In the middle. Yeah, I'm in the they middle. Don't count, but it's yeah. Middle. <laughs> yes, you know. Being the oldest child, I mean, it's just an uh, inter- interesting perspective. Uh, but yeah, so I'm the oldest. I uh, was born and raised in Dallas. I uh, grew up in Allen, uh, so. Uh, most of my time has been spent here. Uh, I moved around uh, Austin, Houston, things like that. Uh, growing up uh, under the tutelage of like my parents, and you know, a background of being a pastor's kid that definitely is a different perspective to, to touch on. Uh, but yeah, th- I mean, that's a little bit about you know my background with my family. Nice. So I know we said we're starting super basic, but what are some things that you like to do for fun? Because, I mean, this is the Getting to Know Chris episode, so we got to know everything, all the things. The whole checklist, the rundown, <laughs> absolutely. So for fun, you know, that's a great question you asked because I think for me, I had to identify that whenever I was in Houston. Uh, moving there, uh, I was living on my own. And when you live on your own, I think that's when you have to really identify what it is that you like to do and mm-hmm. want to do. Because, I mean, you got all the time in the world. Um, I don't have any kids, don't 
have a uh, a wife or anything like that. So for me, it's like, hey, I got this time. What am I going to use uh, uh, during that time or what am I going to get creative with? So for me, it's podcasting. I love doing this. I'm glad you guys got me on the show. Um, what basketball sports? I mean, they don't know here on the pod, but I got a torn Achilles. Well, it's uh, post-torn, you know what I mean? I got surgery, so uh, I'm good there. But uh, I do like playing basketball, all types of sports. I like drawing, um, working out. Uh, you know, just the typical stuff, going out. I love music. I love yeah. dancing. I mean, I do hip-hop choreography. I think it's fun. Oh, it's pretty dope. Yeah. Fancy. That's a fun fact. A lot of people don't know. They think I got two left feet. They don't know. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> on the dance floor. They don't know. They just <laughs> don't know. Tell them. I like that. I like that. Before we go any further, I'm going to ask, uh, I should. I probably shouldn't, but I will, Um what are some fun things to do in Houston? <laughs> for so for a little background for our listeners, this has been an ongoing thing that anytime I find somebody that's lived in Houston from Houston, my question is always what is there fun to do? Because I personally and I'm a, we're probably about to lose a lot of listeners. We'll leave it at that. So Chris, okay. um, what are some fun things to do in Houston? Yeah, so I lived in Houston, um, Recently, actually, last month is whenever I left Houston, so I moved wow. back to Dallas. I moved to Houston in 2021 of March, so I lived there roughly like a year, year and a half. Um, Houston is great yeah. for some some things, and other things, it's like, you need to watch your corners, you know what I'm saying, yeah. be on your P's and Q's. Um, so I lived downtown in Houston, it was super fun. So the, the fun things to do were like Astros games, like those games were amazing, nice. like culture, yeah. that's what Houston is known for, I feel like, their culture is amazing, so... For people that are, you know, um, you know, um, what should I say the word for uh, <coughs> ethnicity? You like a, just a mixture of different cultural Absolutely. backgrounds. Houston is where you get that feeling of like that sense of belonging, that sense of like uh, being able to be with all different races and feel yeah. like you guys are just bonding over anything. Uh, so for like Astros games, Rockets games. Um, just, I mean, if you like nightlife, it's very cool there. I think the museums are amazing. I mean, obviously the food, I mean, that's, uh, I'll, I'll give them that. Yes. I will give them that. We literally took a trip, um, earlier this year for my brother's birthday. Um, we did a turnaround trip for the food. Yeah. So we we're like, we're just going to go and do a foodie tour. And we failed miserably because we had like a list of maybe like five different restaurants. We're like, we're just going to hit up all these different places. Right. We'll have an appetizer here, uh, share an entree here. We got to the first place. Everybody forgot about the plan because we're all starving. We all ordered full entrees. Ooh. We ate mm. everything. And as soon as we were done, we were like, y'all, we have five more stops before we have to go home. And nobody has room to eat anything. Mm. So, yes, food, I will give them that. Yeah. Yes. They definitely crush every other city in, in Texas when it comes to food. Like, I mean, they got every type of food. Yeah. Anything you want, they got it there for you. Um, I think that um, outside of that, I mean, I, I think, what is there, what else is there to do there? Um the beach you're so close to galveston did you ever go to galveston i went a couple of times but galveston i don't know if we consider that a beach thank you <laughs> yes i love galveston no man you have to go off to the side to like the private beach area and pull your car we, right no, up we need another name for it really i don't think it's it should be beach? no if you can go out on a boat right <laughs> and you're out there and it's relaxing it's, it's a beach. It's the Rockies next to a body of water. Hey, listen, it's what we have in Texas, okay? 
I mean, that's Lake Jackson, I feel like. I, I never went, but I heard a lot of good things. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. that's the place to go if you want, like, seclusion, you want privacy, and you want it to be, like, uh, you know, I guess cleaner or nicer. Because, you know, Galveston is kind of like, the water yeah. isn't so visually appealing. That's true. You know what I mean? So, I mean, but, yeah, Houston has a ton of different stuff to do. And I think that the reason that I enjoyed staying there was definitely about the culture. It was a sense of belonging. Um, but then there's a there's a con to Houston. It's a, it's a little ratchet. <laughs> it's a lot ratchet. Well, we, we love we love the ratchet. Yeah, you know what I mean? We're not every day. Yeah, that's funny. I it, what were you gonna say? I don't know. It's Houston for the culture. Mm-hmm. I think that because it's so much of a melting pot, you get a lot more culture than here. Mm-hmm. It's just very separated. Like there is culture here. It's just separate. Everyone stays in their own little boxes in Houston. Yeah. People mingle together. And that's one thing I like about Houston. Absolutely. Um, and yes, Astro games are a lot of fun. Ranger games are a lot of fun too, but Astro games. Are I fun. just went to Ranger Stadium. The first time I'm going to a new one. Ooh, the new one is nice. That stadium is dope. You don't it's have to worry dope. about uh, like yeah. turning a different shade because yeah. it used to be in Arlington. <laughs> you go to a Rangers game, you come out like three shades darker. <laughs> but now it's um it's yeah. closed in and it's air conditioned and like everything. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, the new Ranger Stadium is nice. Okay, so right. I'm nosy. And you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to. But why did you move to Houston? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, for me, it was a, a sense of I need to try something new. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a another step to that plan. But because of my injury, that didn't go forward with the next step. So for me, it was like, you know, what? I've lived in Austin for seven, eight years. I lived uh, in San Marcos before that. I lived in San Antonio briefly. Uh, but I feel like Houston was the next move. I was working remote at the time because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? This is a perfect opportunity for me to move around. I feel like I was kind of like, did everything I could do in Austin. I felt like it was time for me to go. Things were changing. My circumstances were changing. So let's try Houston. Let's see what it's about. And I'm actually glad that I did that because I learned a lot about self. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's solid. So I'm glad you asked that question. Would you say... That is something that in our 20s or 30s that we need to do to maybe get out of where you currently are living and move somewhere else. I mean, if you have the ability, you don't have anything tying you down. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like that's something like, oh, I definitely need to do this now because in 10, 15 years, you may not have that ability. Um, I've, I've always felt like I don't want to just stay in one place because there's so much more I can learn about either other cultures, other people, or just can I handle it on my own, right? Yeah. Just taking that risk. Do you feel like it It was a like a good move for you to just say, yeah, I need, I needed to do that. And would you encourage maybe another 20-year-old coming behind you to like, yeah, man, let's just take a chance. Go do something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, uh, it definitely worked out for me in making one, the Houston move. But even before that, like if I had a thing back like to 18, 19 years old, I was coming back from... Tyler Junior College. So my first year I went there, I came back home to Collin College, finished up my associates. And then from there I had to make a decision. It was like, do I go to UNT or do I go to Texas State? Those are my final two options. Um, At that time, I was in a different space. Where I am now is not where I was at previously. So for me, it made sense of like, I need to get out of this circumference of like comfortability or just being comfortable around people. Uh, the people that I knew weren't necessarily the best network of people that I should have been around. And uh, making that decision, I mean, 
I networked and, and just met a lot of friends. You know, college is definitely where you, you meet lifelong friends typically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was the best decision I ever made. I always say that to everybody I talk to, like going to Texas State was the best decision because I was able to get out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And whenever you get out of your comfort zone, it's that level of like either you're going to float or you're going to sink, you know. And I felt like for me, it was an opportunity for me to really, again, go back to knowing who I was, find an identity, what do I like to do, you know, there's so much more in the world. Um, and it's also something that I, I try to preach to other people. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it works for everybody. I'm always about like, hey, get out of your circumference. I'm not opposed to, hey, if you know, if you grew up in Allen, you stay in Allen, that's fine. But I do believe on at least go try and see because there's so much in the world to see. Mm-hmm. It's almost like even with traveling, I always tell my friend, look, you got to get out the country. Being in the country domestically fine is great, but getting out of the country, you see a different world. Yeah. Uh, and you guys can attest to that. Like if, you, if you've been out of the country, you just know like it's just a different um, place where things are run differently than the United States. Mm-hmm. And that also breeds knowledge, which is, is huge for me is because yeah. you learn so much more. And if somebody's an active learner, then they have a curiosity to find and, and, and go to new places. Yeah. Solid. Mm-hmm. We just did our, we just recently recorded about traveling, and I yeah. agree. Or we recently released about traveling. Right. <laughs> yeah, but no, definitely can relate with everything that you just said, especially about traveling, because um, I'm the same way. Anybody in my life, like, I'm always big on, you need to lead, like, if you've never been out of the country, even if it's just going to Canada, like, mm-hmm. just get out and see how people live differently, because uh, you can do all the traveling you want within the U.S., but it's it's almost like there's a slight difference in the way, even just the small move as like Canada, and the way they do life and the way they think about things and all of that stuff. And you would never really be privy to that experience without ever getting out of the country. So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely big on that, too. Like just encouraging people like, hey, get out, go visit somewhere. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, Chris, you said something just a second ago about lifelong learners, the importance of being a lifelong learner as it relates to traveling. But I know I know you and I know what you do for business. But can you tell our listeners how how does that transition? Because you believe so much in lifelong learners. Tell us about how that transitions into what you do for business. Yeah, I think just, you know, having a mind, an inquisitive mind, I think somebody that is like that. It's natural for you to want to find more out about life. I think just, that's just the natural flow. I think a person that always is on the, the mood to learn more, every day they're always searching for answers. Mm-hmm. Now, the answer it really is dependent upon what you're looking for. Uh, there's so many different areas of life. For me, um, creating a business was more so of, one, I, the environment for me, working a job I didn't necessarily like. I had to figure out another way to do something that every day I woke up like, Okay, I want to move forward. I want to push forward. I want more out of life. Mm-hmm. And that job just wasn't it. So creating the mm-hmm. business gave me that opportunity to wake up, aspired, and really wanting to obtain more in life. Now, being a lifelong learner is just one of those things like, one, you're never going to stop being a student. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think to be a great leader, you need to be a student first. Before you can mm-hmm. run, you got to walk. Yeah. Um, and I think that is something that every elevation of life, you got to figure out how you can be a mentee to somebody that can be your mentor. And then from there, the information you get delivered to you from there, you can now become a mentor to somebody else mm-hmm. that would be a mentee to you under your tutelage. So I think just being a lifelong learner, 
you know, you established that you transitioned it to your business, but then you also transitioned it to people that are around you. Because as you're growing, the people around you are growing, and vice versa. They should be, what you're giving to them, they should be giving the jewels right back mm-hmm. to you. I don't know if that answered your question. That does. Completely. No, that's good. That's that's spot on. I'm, I've always heard, just stay coachable, stay teachable, because there's always room for growth. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, which so, is good. So what's your business? You mentioned business. What do you do? Yeah, so it's an educational company. Um, you know, during the day, I'm a budget analyst, so accounting is my background. So I got my degree in. Um, and then uh, as far as the business, is educational. So providing tutoring, test prep, uh, professional development, uh, enrichment, after-school programs. Nice. That nature. That's cool. Yeah. And um, I did have another question. So how did you, so can you tell us how you how did you get started with I think it was back in college, right? How you got started. And the reason why I, I want to ask that because um, everyone can follow your podcast and learn more and go to your website. We can drop that um, in the description and everything. But the the pathway, what you were saying about how you got started, I think can encourage a lot of people because a lot of times we're afraid to take risks or we just don't know how. But when I because I know how, you know, kind of a little bit of your story, man, there's a lot of us out here who have the tools. We either just don't know how to get started or we're, we're scared to take that first step. Um, we're thinking, oh, well, it's just one person. Well, that helping that one person can in turn end up helping 10 people mm-hmm. because they're going to go out and tell 10 people, so-and-so help me. Um, so can you just share just a quick 30 second to a minute on like, how, how'd you get started? Like, what was that motivation for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, being a college student, you know, we've all been there. We know that one, first and foremost, we're broke. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> we need some money in our pockets. You know what I mean? That's why a scam has been a full time thing, but that's a different discussion. We go out here and be scammed. Man. <laughs> we saw my Houston earlier. Yeah, there's a lot of scammers over here. That's a con. A lot of scams. No lies there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm not saying you guys should be doing that. Absolutely not. Get that degree. Um, but, oh no, the CIA is looking for people who yeah. know how. There's a job for you if you know how to do it. is <laughs> So yeah, I mean it was just a thing of you know I was broke, so for me being in college it was more so I need to find a way to make money. So it was work study. Uh, I got a job, and that was being a tutor for college students mm-hmm. in mathematics, like the accounting area. And then from there, transitioned to working with elementary students um, at the campuses. Working with students who have like learning disabilities, autism, dyslexia, dysgraphia, then just working in the classroom with the um, with the teachers. Um, so pulling students out like one on one tutoring, homework, help, things like that. So for me, that was like my start. It wasn't something that I had envisioned of like, oh, this is going to turn into a business. It didn't click for me until I had got my first job, moved up to Austin, and it was just my first job was in a way it was definitely. It was one of the, the a monumental thing for me as far as my growth, because um, I'll never forget my my manager. I mean, he played a huge part in in my leadership or just coaching me to go to the next level. I didn't like it at the time, mm-hmm. but you know everything is always like clear minded. Everything in hindsight always makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was like you know people were saying, "Hey, I need tutorial service." You know, they're talking about you know my kids. Are, I'm like, I need to make some money. You know, what I mean? <laughs> that first job is the first paycheck you've seen, like yeah. big paycheck. But I was just like, I can always hustle to find some more money. So uh, I was just like, yeah, I'll take that opportunity. And uh, from, you know, it's crazy to think about because at that time, I mean, you start small and then you work your way up. In no way, shape, or form am I saying when I'm big. But where I started from, 
the improvement has been vast. I mean, I remember charging $10 an hour, which is just crazy to me, blasphemy. Like, I didn't know my value or my yeah. worth at that time. For me, I, $10, it made sense. You know, I'm going to take $10 an hour. But, I, you know, it's just like I would never do that again now. But um, I just knew, I was like, this job is just it's not for me. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is something that I saw growing up, and it was something that, you know, I even did when I was younger. A lot of people don't know, but, like, when I was, like, 10 or 11, you know, growing up, like, you just see your father doing stuff. He had a, a landscape company. I created a, a lawn care business. I mean, I ain't going to say it lasted long. It was, like, a <laughs> summer thing, maybe two months. But I was, uh, you know, mowing lawns. And, um, you know, uh, what else was I doing? Spraying yards, uh, watering yards, all types of stuff. I'm 10 or 11, bringing out flyers. You know, we had actually had print off flyers and hey. drop them off <laughs> in front of the doors. I was trying to do a little bit of a hustle. Aging a little one, too. Uh-huh. You're aging yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even figure out soon enough. Uh, but um, <laughs> it's funny. I saw like a video and they were like, you know, people would never understand like how it was back in the day. Like windows rolling down. You had to mm-hmm. turn the thing oh. and go down. You know, oh. it's just, yeah, I'm, we that old. Yeah. You know, Blockbuster was a thing. We, we Man, we're going to talk about <laughs> it. Listen, <laughs> I, so there's a, there's a teenager I, you know, hang out with at church and she came up to me and she was telling me about this car that she got to sit in. And she's like, it was the coolest thing. They had like one of those things in the car. And I was like, what are you talking about? She was like the window. And I was like, oh my gosh, have we really reached that point where now this is something that's foreign? Right. Oh, man. Gosh. Growing up is so weird. Anyways. <laughs> but um, I guess, um, wait, did I cut you off? Were you done? I mean, yeah, just in summary, it's just like, the price point I was at, you know, doing that, from there, it just created into a business. I made a decision. I was like, okay, let's really try this. Let's see what it's about. I knew I wanted to do something. It was something I already kind of, like, had an idea to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what else to start that I felt like I was uh, seasoned in or experienced in or something that I had a passion in. For me, it was like, well, education makes sense. And now I look back also, it's like, okay, when I look at my family tree line, a lot of the people were in education. Like, my grandmother, my mother my aunt, you know, my great-grandma, like, it just continues to flow, like, okay, in some way, shape, or form, my uncle, they're in education in some facet, so it's like, maybe that just makes sense why I kind of got into it, and uh, I'm a person, you know, I have friends around me, they can test, I'm probably, like, always in teacher mode, uh, so I'm always, uh, I mean, they giving me game, too, but it's also more like, I'm always like, we need to be serious, we need to talk about real discussions, and it's like, right, Chris, chill, like, have a beer, relax, you know? That's yeah. how I am with healthy food. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I love Eight dimensions of wellness, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're telling me I need to go for a walk, but it's so easy. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, okay, so one last topic. Um, we wanted to just ask you a little bit about your beliefs and um, just whatever you want to share. We, I know that you're a man of God and you you hold yourself to that standard. And um, But our listeners can learn a lot. Like like Shay was saying, we, we have talked about growing up in church. We've had that podcast episode with our siblings, but you are the first man that we've had on. So, and we have a lot of um, of our friends that are in church, um, who've not been in church, that are listening to our podcast. So um, just a little bit about, you know, how, and you mentioned your your family, your, your dad is a, a pastor. And so, but when did, when did it become your own? And um, maybe just anything encouraging that you want to share for someone who's maybe on the fence, don't know what they believe, don't have any hope at all. Mm. Just tell us a little bit about that. 
right? So first and foremost, my faith is very important to me. I think it's um, something for a long time I try to push under the rug. Um, it wasn't something I presented myself with. Like, yeah, you know, I'm a believer of Christ. I think for a long time I was like, yeah, you know, I do believe. But I also think my faith was also different, rocky. Mm-hmm. It was come and go. I'm not saying my faith is to the, the area that I would like it at, but I definitely feel that it strengthened over the years, uh, especially this year, because I feel like this year, if there was one word I could just sum up this year in summary, because, you know, 2022 is coming to a close, so I like to reflect on being like, what did I accomplish from this year? What did I take away from this year? For me, it was really patience, like to, to summarize that. Uh, just in one word, from car accident to torn Achilles to just areas of business, things didn't go the way that I envisioned, the, the process that I had in my mind. But that is, is kind of like correlation to God has his own timing. It's not your time. You don't work on your time. You work in his time. You work in the flow that he has for you and the designation or the design that he has set up for you. And I think that was just the hardest part. Also, just always checking your ego, too. Um, so so my, my relationship with Christ has definitely strengthened due to those things that I've endured this year. Um, there's some other things that have just happened in my life that has really, you know, transitioned where I'm at mentally. Uh, and it's helped me have a clearer mindset because now... When I am, you know, conversating with other people, my conversation is not me. It's about him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's more so about, like, I can't do this because I've tried to do this so many times. I think a lot of people go through that. You try to do it so many times, I can do it myself. And I've done that for a long time. And there was a point where you just realized, I do. you can only do so much. You, you are not that person like you think that you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of things um, that you have to just kind of let him take the steering wheel. And it's funny because I had a conversation with a friend yesterday. He was actually helping with helping me with the podcast. He met me and he was just helping me um, on the things that you guys set up. Like, how do how do I get that set up and that quality that I envision for the podcast? Mm-hmm. He was just kind of telling me, Chris, like, you know, our faith, when, when, when people are looking at us, who we are, and what our faith is about is the first thing that people really get identity of, you know, mm-hmm. when they see us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for a long time, especially when you're young, uh, I don't think that a lot of people understand how big praise and worship is. You know, we were having that conversation, too. It's like I didn't really understand the gravity of praise and worship until I got older. Because you would be looking at older people and they'd be crying or they'd be, you know, rejoicing. Dancing there, yes. Dancing. You didn't really understand <laughs> And you start understanding now because you're getting older how much life takes a toll on you and how many different ways life comes at you. Yeah. You can't really understand the gravity of that when you 19, 18. Now, some things can happen in your life at that younger age. More times than not, life has to carry on for you to really understand why you praise him so hard, yeah. why you got to be there at church, why you got to serve, why that stuff is so important in your life. Um, so for me, I feel like I started understanding that. Like, okay, I'm getting hit left and right. Things are happening to me. God, you're doing this for a purpose, for a reason. What are you trying to get out of me? Is it because you're trying to strengthen me? Is it because you're trying to bring me home? Mm -hmm. Truthfully, I felt like I was in Houston. I wasn't necessarily living the way that I should have been for him at all times. I felt like I need to drive you back to Dallas. Mm -hmm. What I need to drive you back to Dallas, I need you to start serving here. I need you to be here. It doesn't make sense for you. It makes sense for what I had planned for you, though. At the time, you think short term. He's thinking long term. I'm thinking 20, 30 years down the road. You're just thinking right now. 
So I got to put you here so you can learn and sit and grow. So, yeah. I don't know if that answer. I'm no, going on. I'm rambling now. No, that's no. good. You know, that's yeah. good. Yeah. You can cut my mic off. <laughs> All right, on that <laughs> mic. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's funny. No, that, that is really good. I, I appreciate you saying that. And um, I feel the same way. A lot of times it's gratitude. I just recently, ooh, shameless plug. I just recently released on Etsy my gratitude journal. And I don't know the link, but we'll put it there. <laughs> but um, gratitude, like just being grateful for the for all of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm grateful for breath. I'm grateful that I can open my eyes. I'm grateful that I can walk. Yeah. Because I couldn't walk, you know, months ago until I started going to PT, things like that. Like, man, gratitude and just thanking God for every little thing. That's that's the space that I'm in. Yeah. Um, this year, just, I'm just so grateful. Mm-hmm. Just so grateful. Yeah. I know one time we had a conversation, and I'm going to try and see if I can remember how it was phrased, but it was a statement that was made of you can't... Um, you can't worry when you're like being grateful. Like those two things can't exist. They cannot exist at the same time. That's right. You know, and so I thought that was like a solid reminder of, um, you know, whenever things are tough and I'm concerned and worried and like, you know, whatever it is, if I switch my thinking from that to being like a spirit of gratitude, it kind of those things, not that they disappear, but it shifts your perspective on your situation, you know? And so, yeah, I definitely wholeheartedly agree. Like, gratitude is, it's such a key thing just in life in general. Like, even if, like, for any listeners that may not be believers, like, just being grateful. That's why, you know, they would always say, count your blessings, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it just really does change your perspective on your search, your situation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Cool. Well, we've gotten a chance to get to know you, Chris. And again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, we're definitely going to want to have you back on um, because we feel like you you bring a lot to the table. Again, for those of you who don't know, um, Chris is a entrepreneur and CPA, right? So Not quite. Not CPA yet. Not okay. Not. But you can still help people with their money. Yeah. We, we, we all need help with our money. Um I mean, there's just so many, uh, and he has his own podcast. Um, him and his co-host have the How I Talk podcast. And so you can check that out where they drop so many nuggets of wisdom, um, everything from uh, marriage to finances to business to just living day-to-day things. And so um, we value you coming and being a part of our podcast today, but we definitely just want to encourage everyone to check out Everything else that Chris is doing, he's definitely someone that you want to follow, even get in touch with if you have questions, things like that. Before we kind of wrap up, is there anything that we haven't asked you that you would like to share? The floor is yours. We won't cut your mic off. (laughs) (laughs) Back on. All right. Um, Anything that you guys haven't asked? Yeah. Um, Oh, you think that we... Yeah, go for it. Absolutely. So I think for the the listeners... um, I think that if there's anything that you are are second guessing or you're unsure of what is on your heart to do, I would encourage you to do those things. So uh, if it's something that you're not sure of, you don't know how it's going to work out. I've been in that place. I'm still in spaces of that place. Um, there's a lot of decisions that you have to make. Sometimes 
you know, step one doesn't make sense to go into step two. You're not really sure how you're going to make it work, but it's something that is on your heart that you want to do. I encourage you to try it uh, because fear is the enemy of success. If there is a door that you want to go through, you want to push through, please push through it. Just try it because, you know, you would rather live a life of I did this, I tried this instead of a life of what if. Mm-hmm. Because you only get one shot at life. You only get one chance. So whatever it is that you really want to pursue, whatever it is that you really want to do, I would encourage somebody to do it, to try it. The worst thing that can happen is you fail. Mm-hmm. But failure is the best teacher. Failure lets you go into the next phase of what you want to try and say, hey, I'm going to be a better person in this aspect or something I want to start with is a business. Um, you can say, you know what, I learned from the past. I won't make the same mistake moving forward. Uh, and you got to fail. Um, when you look at some of the greatest people in life, they just failed more. Um, sports is something that me and my boys love talking about. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things I equivalent or I transition to sports. Um, but when you look at the greatest athletes, one common story amongst all of them is that they failed more than they actually achieved. Mm-hmm. But because they were shooting their shots or making those attempts, um, it just puts them in a better position to actually win. So, example, Michael Jordan, I mean, all those, you see a lot of game winners, you, you call him the GOAT, but if you were to look at it, he, he missed more attempts than he made as far as game winners. But it's the, the mindset. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm not scared, I'm not fearful, I might be fearful, I might have fear, but I still step into the room and I still try, I still attempt, and you still see me there. And I think if you apply that in your everyday life, people will see you, things will happen for you, and put your trust in God, things will happen. That's awesome. That's it. That's see, I told y'all hit nuggets, just nuggets. <laughs> and I, he could go on for days. So, um, so yeah, thank you again, Chris. Absolutely really appreciate you being here. And for our listeners, um, where can they find you? Yeah, so uh, they can reach out to us on uh, How I Talk. Uh, we have a Instagram page. We have Facebook. Uh, they can reach out through, of course, listening to us on Apple, YouTube. Um, we're always trying to come up with new content. We try to be as consistent as possible, but I need a studio like this. <laughs> if I need a studio like this, I'm going to be consistent. You guarantee me. Uh, but yeah, just you reach out. I'm a person that loves to have conversations, honest conversations, truthful conversations, and, and just, um, learn more about what another person has to offer. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the episode. Um, as we said, we're going to have Chris back. Um, we're not going to try and pretend for the viewers that are watching. Y'all going to see us in these same clothes because we're going to record another episode. So you will definitely see Chris back. So until then, catch you for the next episode. Bye. Bye.